Yas! Prepare for an estrogen overload. Insert cash or select payment type. We're going shopping, bitches. This is Nick's Nonfiction. I'm Nick Muniz. Today on the show, we have got the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Holy crap! Why did the duck wear pants? To hide his butt quack. <laughs> We're talking about all kinds of pants today. Jeans, cargo pants, sweats. Did you hear Adidas just released their new line of plus-size joggers? They're called adipose. <laughs> Women's pants might have no pockets, but men's pants are like cheap hotels. No ballroom. No pockets? I guess that's where girls put all the numbers that I give them. So, we're not just talking about pants today. It's a beautiful story. Lena, Bridget, Tibby, Carmen. It's a tearjerker. It's kind of sexy. Lena is stacked. Bro, she got the heavies. Some of these chicks are hot. Some of them are annoying. It's pretty gross, too. But there's deeper themes. We're going to have fun with this one. I think the biggest argument in my household growing up, I had two older sisters. It wasn't my parents arguing over finances, merely slapping my mom across the house. Are you allowed to say that? (laughs) When my sisters argued over a pair of pants, the earth shook. Toxic quibbles over tank tops. So you could tell this book is fiction because in reality, girls value clothes more than sisterhood. If a blind girl says you have a big willy, she's probably just pulling your leg. (laughs) What does Mrs. Claus get when she pulls up her pants too high? A mistletoe. Hello, bozo. A guy approaches a girl at a bar and says, I'd really like to get in your pants. She goes, no thanks. I've already got an asshole in there. The knickers. It's a good one. We'll be right back. About the author, Anna Bra Shares. That's her name, Anna Bra Shares. Shouldn't this book be about the sisterhood of the traveling bra? That'd be so much hotter, Miss Bra Shares. Have you heard about the premature ejaculator who went to a dinner party? He couldn't figure out what to wear, so he came in his pants. <laughs> Anna Bra Shares, she's pretty hot. Born July 30th, 1967, Anna is an American young adult novelist. After studying philosophy at Bernard College, she worked as an editor at 17th Street Productions. After leaving, she wrote The Sister of the Traveling Pants 2001. So she's a girl philosophy major. They don't write about existential issues or suicide. Girl philosophy majors, they're writing about pants. Surveys show that 80% of women who wear yoga pants never do yoga. 100% of men don't care. BRB. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants by Anna Brashares. Chapter 1, The Rules. Starting with the prologue. Carmen is describing the pants that she bought at a thrift shop. The blue jeans were calling to me, just the right color and stiffness. I'd do anything to try them on. We learn where all four sisters are going to be spending their summer. Carmen, she's going to be in South Carolina with her father. That's our fiery Latina. Lena, stacked with the fat ass. She's going to be in Greece with her grandparents. Tibby, she's going to be at home in Bethesda, Maryland. And Bridget is going to be at soccer camp, Baja, California. It's their first summer apart since they were born. And you know how girls love stories about meeting? These girls say that they were friends before they were born. Homunculus homies. The Chimera Casamigos. <laughs> so yeah, they were friends before birth because their parents did an aerobic class together. And yeah, their moms don't keep in touch anymore. They need a pair of traveling pants. Carmen says, Me and my friends are the most important people in one another's lives. The pants represent our vow to stay close. 
We get a Chinese proverb in there. Ruck never gives, it only rends. <laughs> the story starts when all the girls are in Carmen's bedroom packing for their trips. Tibby's saying how sad it is she's going to miss everyone, and then she sees the pants. Carmen, where did you find these? Just the right color, just the right stiffness. These things are gorge. Tibby tries on the pants. It's a perfect fit. The prettiest girl in the group, Lena, tries the pants on next. It's also a perfect fit. The pants somehow still fit Bridges' fuller thighs and rounder butt. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Shimona, you got to be stopped inside the... Bridget's got a fat ass. <laughs> you know, I'm sensing a bit of an inconsistency, a plot hole. If she's got a 50-inch donk, how is she going to fit in the same pants as Tibby? So these dumb whores are, think it's a good idea to do a seance on the pants. You know, it's cute to be a witch and all until you've got haunted pants. This is actually a good book. Like, I'd let my daughter read it, but we got to make fun of this crap. So they do a seance over the pants. In honor of the pants and their upcoming separation, we go to Gilda's gymnasium where our mothers met years ago. Once they have the gymnasium to themselves, they light a circle of candles, draw a fucking pentagram. I made that part up. Carmen starts throat chanting, Um, are there any Mexican mesh? In reality, <laughs> none of that part is true, but they are doing a seance for pants. Carmen is going, we're going to take turns with the jeans this summer, two weeks each. We'll call it the vow of the traveling pants. It's all cutesy, right? Well, they make ten rules, and they're absolutely disgusting. Rule number one, you must never wash the pants. Ew. Rule number two, you must never double cuff the pants. You see dudes out there with their double cuff capri jeans? Read this book. Rule number three, you must never say the word fat or think of yourself as fat while wearing the pants. That's a spoiler alert. The secret of the sisterhood is confidence. And there's more secrets, too. Rule number four. You must never let a boy take off the pants. Although you may take them off in his presence. What? Rule number five. You must not pick your nose while wearing the pants. You may, however, scratch casually at your nostril while really kind of picking. I think nasty girl Carmen definitely came up with that one. Rule number six. Upon our reunion, you must follow the proper procedure for documenting your time in the pants. On the left leg, write the most exciting place you've been while wearing the pants. On the right leg, write the most important thing that happened to you while wearing the pants. Rule number seven. You must write to your sisters throughout the summer, no matter how much you are having trouble without them. Oh my god, we have to like FaceTime every single night. Rule number eight, probably the best one. You must pass the pants along to your sister according to the specifications set down by the sisterhood. Failure to comply will result in severe spanking. Let's go. Lena's going to get her ass beat. <laughs> I volunteer. Rule number nine. You must not wear the pants with a tucked in shirt. What the hell? I used to bang this girl at the liquor store. She had tattoos across her collarbones. She loved Casamigos. Maybe that's why that's on my mat. She was rough in the sack. All she would wear is tight jeans and a tank top tucked in. It's the hottest look ever, and they're taking that off the... That's not fair. <laughs> As Carmen's insecure, she made that rule because Lena's gonna look too hot in the jeans. <laughs> rule number ten. Remember, pants equals love. I spread my wings and I learn it. Chapter two. Departure. <laughs> Tibby is the one staying at home in Bethesda. 
Unfortunately, I'm more Tibby of any of the four girls, because that's what girls do when they read. They have to make everything about themselves. Tibby, she's getting a job at Walmart. I think it's actually Walmans in the book, but Walmart is much funnier. <laughs> she has a crush there, this little kid named Tucker. Tibby mails a piece of her smock to Bridget at soccer camp the first week. Bridget, most outgoing, the biggest leader over at soccer camp. She goes late night swimming with her friends, Diana Joe. Those are irrelevant names. Thank you, Anna Broshares. Carmen, she's on the plane to South Carolina to meet her dad. She's fantasizing about asking him to move in, but she's going to meet. He already has a stepmom, a stepsister, and a stepbrother. Her parents got divorced when they were seven. So Carmen writes to Tibby saying, I already miss everybody. You're my real family. She squinted, wishing for a break in the clouds. She wanted to see the ocean. She wanted to figure out which way was north. Maybe take out a compass, bitch. She wanted the big picture before she landed. <laughs> Tibby is undergoing orientation. She meets her boss at Walmart, Duncan Howe. She realizes how boring the summer's going to be, so she starts taking notes for her suckumentary. Suck. See why, unfortunately, I'm a Tibby. <laughs> she just spends her summer mocking things. She spends half the day trying to set up a deodorant display, and she couldn't figure out how to put up that cardboard pyramid thing. So she tries to fix it with tape from the store. And then when she's leaving that day, she forgot the tape was there, the sensors go off. Her boss, Duncan Howe, gives her a second chance. Terrible start to the summer, Tibby. Lena touches down in Greece. Grandma's English not that good, but Grandpa's is non-existent, she says. Her bedroom has a view of the caldera. Thousands of miles away, she's still feeling at home. She tries to paint the sunset one night, but says only Tibby has the artistic ability. She's missing the girls, so Lena is the first one up to wear the pants. She's going to a big dinner at her grandparents' house. Her grandma, Effie, she apparently likes her little sister more. Damn, so even her little sister's hotter? <laughs> These girls are 15 years old, so I'm already creeping. <laughs> So yeah, the grandma tells Lena to put on something nicer. What are those ratty-ass jeans? Did Carmen give you those? <laughs> the grandma's playing like a uh, Cupid here. She met this nice boy named Costos. Stelios Costos. The Greekest man ever. He's covered in oil. Back to Carmen. At the airport, her biological dad, Albert, gives her a big hug. Carmen tells her about the grades in school, her tennis lesson. He's promising they'll play tennis all summer. She notices Albert looks more put together than when she was with her biological mom. So instead of going to some, like, dinky bachelor apartment that she's picturing, they pull up to this gigantic house. Carmen is introduced to the girlfriend, Lydia. She's got a teenage daughter, Krista, and an 18-year-old boy, Paul. I don't know what it is, bro. I read these chick books sometimes. And all of them are about incest. <laughs> so yeah, the stepbrother, maybe that's going to come into play. What the fuck? Maybe I wouldn't let my pretend daughter read this. Stelios Castos. <laughs> Carmen already doesn't take a liking to the family. She calls her mother-in-law to be Skeletor. There was a big scene. Albert introduced his fiance, and he introduced them as future step-siblings. And, you know, Carmen's female, so rather than being happy for her dad, she makes it about herself. Oh my god, I can't believe you didn't tell me! Dad, like, this was three months ago! 
Carmen locks herself away in her room for the first few weeks of the summer. She writes a letter to Bridget. Tell her this is the summer of Carmen. Let's go back to Greece. We got another proverb. Love is like war. Easy to begin. Hard to end. Some Greek shit she drops. Lena, she doesn't even want to talk to Kostos. In her opinion, guys only like girls for their looks. And, you know, she's the hot girl. Well, what are we supposed to like women for? Their fucking engineering skills? Come on, Lena. Like, she has what every girl wants. She's the hot one. And even she's not happy, yada, yada, yada. Grandma breaks the ice between Kostos and Lena. She says, hey, you know Kostos used to play soccer at college in London? I'm dyslexic. Lena has a wall up here, so Effie, the younger sister, starts having better chemistry with Kostos. And then after dinner, he still asks Lena out. And he's like, what? You were flirting with my sister. Lena's still insecure. Oh my god, his, his like, verbal percentile towards me was too low, and he still wants to take me for a walk? Men are such pigs. As she takes off the unwashed jeans. <laughs> men are pigs. You can pick your nose in the jeans. <laughs> Back to Bridget at soccer camp. She develops a crush on a coach. Guy's name is Eric. He's a sophomore at Columbia University. So he's 20 and she's 15. The camp forbids campers and coaches to date. (laughs) So does the state. One day she sees Eric notice her long blonde hair. So she writes to Carmen telling her she's in love already. Carmen is like, so things are getting serious? He glanced at your hair. (laughs) The next day, Tibby over at Walmart. She's imagining her death because her first day was so bad. And in her misery, a 10-year-old boy collapses in aisle 11. The EMS arrives. She asks Tibby what happened. She offers the kid's wallet, and then they accuse her of stealing it. (laughs) Tibby is George. Nothing ever goes right for her. (laughs) That little kid is going to come back into play. Switching around the storyline, Anna Brasher is back to Carmen. Our fucking feminist zealot. She's still jealous that her dad isn't to herself. She's got to share her dad with the family. She says she's even disgusted that her dad says grace before dinner now. He's like bettering himself instead of paying attention to me. Krista says Carmen looks different from how she imagined. And Carmen says snippily, if she asks surprised, she's Puerto Rican. I don't know. Do you think like I can't hold a fork? Who you talking to, mamacita? She throws down at the dinner table. (laughs) Carmen hates everybody. And Puerto Ricans, they love cuchillos. You know she stabs Skeletor with a knife. Carmen said she doesn't like the new family, and they don't like her. But obviously she's making that part up to herself. So Tibby's writing letters to her, like, chill. Things are getting a little too spicy for Bridget at soccer camp, wrapping up chapter two here. She joins sophomore Eric for a run. He says his mother is Mexican, so she knows Baja. She knows Mexican? That's not a language, Eric. My mom's Britain. She speaks Britannese. Eric's not that bright. (laughs) He asked Bridget about her mother. Didn't she say he was going to Columbia? Bridget then lies, telling Eric that she's 16 years old. So, I guess I could uh, lawyer up on this case, defend Eric. Your Honor, my defendant Eric is a victim of pussy entrapment. Can girls lie about their age? 
I'm taking the case. <laughs> After the run, Bridget sprints into the water and Eric follows her. Chapter 3, Heating Up. The trials of Tibby continue. She has this little kid's wallet still. She finds the child in the phone book somehow <laughs> and goes to her house. The dad lets her in. The little girl's name is Bailey. The dad accuses Tibby of stealing the money. <laughs> Heartwarming story here. It comes out that the little girl, uh, Bailey, she has leukemia. She wasn't going to use the money anyway. The next day, Bailey goes back into Walmart. She apologizes to Tibby. She tells the boss, yo, your employee didn't steal my wallet. And Bailey's going, I want to see this mockumentary that you're making. Suckumentary? They also run into Tibby's crush when they go out for ice cream, that kid Tucker. And so little girl Bailey is supposed to break the ice for them. It turns out in this book that's what all girls do for each other. Carmen gets a letter from Lena about how Greece is. There's this guy creeping on me. Carmen writes back about a family party with her stepdad's new family. Carmen sat by herself in the living room the whole time. <laughs> Carmen also gets a letter for Bridget saying, I've been flirting with Eric. Aren't you jealous? So everybody's just piling on Carmen here. One night, Bridget proposed to her friends that they go to a bar in a nearby town. These 15-year-olds. <laughs> All the coaches are there. So Bridget tries to get Eric to notice her on the dance floor. Eventually he comes out, grinds up on that ass. He's about to kiss her, and then Eric is finally like, no, 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 we can't be this close together. I'm going to go to jail. And then Bridget writes home asking her mom to send her some nice clothes. She ain't giving up that easy. And so, yeah, the other coaches start to notice that Bridget's play style is being affected. She's a ball hog trying to uh, impress Eric. The author makes some parallels between Carmen and Tibby here. So these are like the uglier chicks. No shame. Carmen's little sister, Krista, she's having trouble with her geometry homework. But when Albert asks if they're going to go play tennis, she just abandons her to go play tennis. And so this is like Tibby. She's blowing off the uh, kid with leukemia to make a, a suckumentary suck. <laughs> so yeah, we got the two chicks that are having bad summers and then two chicks that are hooking up with older guys and then in a Pornhub scenario. Holy crap! Step this, step that. To make her last day with the pants cow, Lena takes a long walk and finds an isolated pond. She begins to paint. When she gets too hot, she takes off all her clothes and gets into the water, and suddenly she hears a sound. Stands up. Costos is on the shoreline, creeping on her. She grabs all of her clothes, accuses Costos of spying on her. Costos doesn't even speak English. This is my pond. He walks away into the woods, broken English. Lena storms home, shirts on backwards. Her grandma's like, what happened? I thought you just went to the pond. Lena says, Costos isn't as nice of a boy as you promised. Let's go. Did he take pics? Grandma drops some Greek philosophy. Sometimes you're the windshield. Sometimes you're the bug. Yes, ancient Greek mythos. Catch me skinny dipping once, shame on me. Catch me skinny dipping twice. I'm a bug on a windshield. So what's that supposed to mean? Lena's the hot girl. And I'm not hot, but I'm six and a half feet tall, so everywhere I go, people stare. Oh my god, do you play basketball? When I see a hot chick, I know how it feels to be ogled, but I'm not going to change. If a chick with a Lena-sized ass walks by, I will break my neck like an owl to get one peep. Ethics and morals? 
out the window when a guy is tall or a chick has a fatty. So yeah, sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. Lena was sleeping that night when she was awoken by her grandfather yelling. She goes downstairs. Her grandfather is fist-fighting Costos' grandfather. Costos appears out of nowhere and breaks up the fight. How'd he get there so quick? He was peeping Tom on Lena. What's it called in, in Greece? It's called a peeping Thomos. Helicopter, helicopter. <laughs> peeping Thomos. At the hospital... Lena's grandfather has to get stitches on his cheek, and in the fray, a drop of blood drips onto the pants. It doesn't come out. Remember, you're not allowed to wash the pants. So good, now there's hepatitis on the jeans. Bridget realizes that the problem is her fault. I shouldn't have been naked outside. The next day, Lena goes for a walk, hoping to run into Costos. And he's keeping like a 500-yard retainer against her. Back in Bethesda, Bailey is surprised that Tibby tells her she wants to help with the movie. And Tibby's like, nah, this is adult stuff. She lets the kid play with her pet Mimi the cat. Uh, She talks, like, opens up to the kid about her parents. They're hippie weirdos. They have kids of all ages. (laughs) I actually lost a wallet at Walmart once. That's what started this whole story. I was like 10 years old and I had a Velcro wallet with $80 in it. I will never forget. So how do girls become friends? They find each other's wallet. Nobody's going to give me back my wallet. As a man, you got to save somebody's life to get a friend. (laughs) Mario Andretti quote here. If you feel like you're under control, you're just not going fast enough. So yeah, this is just all to show Tibby her character development. She's talking to the little girl with leukemia. Hey, maybe everything doesn't have to be funny. And, you know, she's like the artist in the group, so she's going to turn into making it a sad documentary. So artistic. It's much harder to make people cry than laugh. So Tibby and uh, Bailey go to the arcade together. They want to run into Tibby's crush now, or the little girl's crush, Bailey. He's the number one kid at the arcade. All of his, He's got number one on all the machines. His name in the book is Brian McBrian. Get creative with it, Anna Bra shares. If I told my name to a cop was Brian McBrian, he would hit me with his billy club. That's not a real name. Chapter 4. Dog Days. Frida Norris, quote, Before you criticize someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away, and you have their shoes. (laughs) Carmen, Lydia, Krista, they're preparing for the wedding. They go play Say Yes to the Dress. (sighs) Say Yes to the Dress, that's the most female thing ever. But Carmen, it's like more important than the wedding. And Carmen is an absolute dick. She put on 20 pounds over the summer, and the dress person is like, maybe we need to uh, re-measure your dimensions, you know. No, your scale is wrong. (laughs) Carmen storms out and insults Lydia's dress on the way. You look fat, too! How could you? Back at the Bethesda Walmart, Tibby just got the pants in the mail from Lena. Little girl Bailey and Tibby are going around town interviewing people for the mockumentary. And Tibby realizes what they're doing is wrong finally. They interview a movie theater employee. And they're trying to go, so what, you just like stand here and punch tickets all day? That's so lame. And the guy's like, yo, I love my fucking job. I don't have to do anything. (laughs) So Tibby's realizing if you want to mock something, you got to be the asshole. 
they go back that night and see the movie with the uh, movie theater employee to have a nice little girl scene. Quick aside, Bridget, she's having an intense female moment at soccer camp. She sneaks into the soccer coach's cabin, and then she remembers what her therapist told her. You are single-minded to the point of recklessness. Of course, they had to sneak therapy into this girl book. I went out with a homie in Boulder one time, and he lied to a girl about having a therapist. Dude, this reaction, I could never forget. Oh my god, which one? You have a therapist? She came her fucking pants, bro. Girls are obsessed with this. My buddy goes to Dr. Penguin. Oh my god, I've seen every therapist in Boulder. Very healthy. <laughs> You've seen every therapist? <laughs> Dude, this chick. <laughs> I think the G in girl stands for gullible. <laughs> Girls just like shop around for therapists until they find one that tells them what they want. It's your dad's fault. <laughs> Dudes look for coaches. What is a therapist doing? Tibby the tearjerker. She's got the genes. She says it helps her get access to her true inner artist. No more mockery for Tibby. She's like, I'm sitting on a golden egg here. I could just make a sad girl a movie about a girl with leukemia. That'll get you 10 Sundance Awards. <laughs> this year again, the Holocaust story wins 20 Sundances. Bailey tells Tibby her biggest fear is that she won't have enough time to figure other people out or have them to figure her out. So yeah, the little girl is not healthy. This is when it gets sad. Let's go back to Lena. Lena grew with the pants. Tibby grew with the pants. Now it's time for spicy Latina Carmen to get the pants. She pulls the most classic drunk girl stunt you'll ever see. Carmen just walks into the woods and figures that her dad will try to find her. And she chickens out before nightfall. She spent like three hours in the woods. She's on the way home. It's like a scene out of Air Bud. She sees the entire family sitting around the kitchen table saying Grace eating dinner. They don't even care about me. Carmen, you didn't tell anybody you were going. They don't care about me. So Carmen, she throws a rock through the window. <laughs> and her dad, Al, sees her scuttering off into the woods. <laughs> like, Carmen will never be happy. They don't care about me. Oh my god, you didn't tell me. Oh my god, he sent out a search party for me? Like, you let me have no freedom. Carmen... This bitch runs back into the woods. <laughs> she goes and finds a bus station, takes the first bus to Bethesda. Once she gets home, she sends the pants to Bridget, along with a letter saying she can't talk about what happened. She's breaking the rules. Carmen shows up in Tibby's bedroom sobbing. She tells her the whole story, and Tibby's like, I don't get why you're mad. So Carmen is unhappy with her level of sympathy, and they break up as friends. Carmen storms out. They don't talk for three weeks. You need more sympathy for me! Carmen tries to write to Albert, but every time she tries to write a letter, she starts crying. So instead of sending her father a wedding gift, she just mails him money without a letter. <laughs> like a drug deal. Yeah. So the only one who doesn't grow with the pants is Carmen. Tibby writes to Lena about how she's insecure that her documentary isn't funny enough. And then Lena writes back, you know, just paint something once. You don't have to be funny. Lena's been feeling relentless. She's looking for inspiration. 
and she goes back to the pond where it all went down. Lena's so absorbed in her painting that she's like painting the best masterpiece ever and then she's startled by a splash in the water. She looks up and sees Costos swimming naked. She looks around trying to hide and she realizes there's a sign saying this is Costos' private property. So last time when she thought that she was being spied on, she was actually trespassing. But I'm like so hot that everybody's always looking at me. You know those girls at the gym who are always looking over their sh- Nobody's looking. We're all doing our own thing, bitch. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say next time a hot woman catches me ogling. Ma'am, you were trespassing on my eyes. <laughs> she gets the pants. She's still making bad decisions over at soccer camp. She's going to tell her friends that she's about to sleep with Eric. And again, Bridget goes into Eric's cabin in the middle of the night. He's awake. They go for a walk, have a makeout. And then later in bed, Bridget realizes this is a huge mistake. I'm way too emotionally attached to this kid. It would have been worse if I slept with him. So she didn't even really need the pants to learn that you shouldn't use sex as a weapon. The author slips in another sob story. Costos lived in New York City and his parents were killed in a car crash, which is why he lives at home. So you gotta add those unnecessary details to help the chick readers get wet. Chapter 5. Hags. Hags. Remember that? Have a good summer. It's a double entendre because the girls are becoming hags. Another symbolic arc of the pants. Maturity. Arc of the pants. <laughs> You know, since Indiana Jones is such a woke film now, maybe the next Indiana Jones is the Ark of the Pants. <laughs> that could have been something. <laughs> Bridget writes a letter to Carmen, saying there's not much use for the jeans at soccer camp, so I'm going to send you the jeans because, Carmen, obviously you need them the most. Tibby and Bailey interview Carmen for the suckumentary. Carmen tells Bailey that she and Tibby had an argument, but Bailey is saying, you know, it doesn't matter, I know you guys love each other. So once again, the little girl Bailey is able to save the relationship. Bailey's the only one that Carmen was willing to open up to. And this is when the waterworks really pick up. Tibby rides her bike to Bailey's house, and she's in the hospital. You find out it was Bailey's final three months on Earth. <laughs> so the parents thank Tibby. You were such a good older sister to her. Big sad scene. To lighten things up, large hip Lena. She's feeling better knowing that Costos wasn't spying on her, so she gets inspiration to paint an olive grove and then gives the painting to Costas. Kind of racist. I've been thinking about this. Shouldn't Olive Garden be a Greek restaurant? When you're here, you're smelly. <laughs> olive Garden? Greek people are just Italians dipped in olive oil. Isle. Tibby stops going to work because she's so sad about Bailey being in the hospital. And at the same time, her cat Mimi dies. So Tibby stores the carcass of the cat in her freezer. Some symbolism. Carmen's meltdown is even worse. She tells her stepsister that she hates their mom. <laughs> the stepsister tells her, maybe you hate people that you trust, Carmen. <laughs> Carmen finally sees that she's wrong. She apologizes to her dad. Mid-apology. She starts going, well, maybe you should have, like, told me and the summer wouldn't have sucked so much. And then the dad finally breaks down. Al is like, all right, maybe you're right. It is all my fault. Carmen will do whatever you want from forever from now on. And Carmen 
accepts the apology. This is not how it should have happened. The dad just wants her to be at the wedding. Carmen sends the pants back to Tibby. Tibby tells her about the whole summer of the tape, the mockumentary. She goes to uh, Bailey's hospital bed with the jeans on, and uh, the kid dies. The final day, the funeral, Tibby takes the cat out of her freezer. Carmen gets the pants back. That's basically the end of their story. Bridget, she's all caught up in the hormones at soccer camp. Oh my god, Eric hasn't texted me back and we kissed. On the day of the big game against the other soccer camp, Bridget, no energy. She's fully depressed, puts on her cleats, and realizes she's 20 pounds underweight. On the field, she can't muster up any drive. Her teammate Molly yells at her, and Bridget abandons the game, runs into the woods. She goes back to the bunks. She's feeling beat up. Eric comes for her, asks her to go for a walk. He's going, sorry about everything this summer. I didn't realize how unexperienced you were. He's like, maybe we meet again when you're not 15. Oh, good. So a little bit of grooming to end it. <laughs> Big Booty Lena receives the pants on her last day in Greece. The pants give her the push she needs to tell Costos how she feels. Lena gives him the painting, but when she's trying to tell him how she feels, she can't get the words out. She's surprised she never really had to be vulnerable because she's so hot. She finally spits out the apology about making their dying grandfathers fight. Remember that? Lena leans in to kiss Costos, and he responds with some sloppy tongue action. You know, it's supposed to be this sexy Mediterranean love story, but remember, we're talking about cousin fuckers. The only one that didn't have a happy ending was Bridget. You know, Tibby grew up... Carmen got her family back. Lena is sexy. Bridget, she didn't get laid. So I kind of respect the author in that sense for not promoting statutory. But I'm saying if I had a daughter, I'd let her read this. The final scene, the girls get back together. They write on the pants what happened to them. And they vow to do the same thing next summer. Nick's nonfiction, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2, coming soon. No guarantee. There you have it, guys. Anna Brasher's The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That was a fun one. We're going to keep it light. We're going to switch up the pace coming up. Still going deep on the Patreon. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Anish. Harry Schwant on Instagram for free memes. Let's get a random soundboard effect to end it. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I read it so you didn't have to. See you guys next week. Nick Muniz signing off.